and we are recording. With me today, I have Mallory, Cokes, uh, Kokash, Kokash. I never knew how. To, I couldn't really pronounce your other last name, and I couldn't pronounce this one either. You couldn't pronounce Winberg. Oh, I thought it was like Vinberg. Vinberg. <laughs> <laughs> We're very Swedish. I'm yeah. terrible with accents, so you know, I didn't want to offend you. Well. Just for that, I'm going to do an accent the whole podcast. I'm pretty sure you're still Mallory from Shamrock in my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Legally, I'm still Mallory Winberg oh, because really? I can't change my last name because I'm standing on a principle that if I can get like a weird internal gurgle, <laughs> that if I can get a appointment at the DMV, I should be able to get an appointment at the Social Security office, <clears throat> but they don't have a drop box for any of the paperwork that you have to have to change your last name. They want you to mail it in the mail. It's like an eight-page form that you have to fill out. Your original marriage license or a certified copy. Getting a certified copy is like 20 bucks, and it's like two-week process. And a government-issued photo ID. How many of those do you have? Well, I have all of them now because I had to get my passport, but it was a bitch and a half to get all that stuff. Funny enough, when I was getting my birth certificate and my Social Security card, I couldn't find them, so I reordered the first one. Ended up finding the second, or ended up finding the social security card, my original copy, the next day. Same thing with my birth certificate. So, like two months later, ordered my birth certificate. I was like, I don't know where it is. Like, I think my mom gave it to me when I went to college, and I probably lost it. Ashley found it the next day. I was like, You've got to be fucking kidding oh me. So now God. I have two of each. So if anyone wants to buy my identity, <laughs> here it is. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so they won't allow me to drop it off. I can't get an in-person appointment, so they want me to mail my passport, my marriage license, and the like form I have to fill out to change my last name, and I live four blocks from the office, mm. and I'm like, I can't just come in and drop it off. I can't just do it, and they're like, no, absolutely not, so I'm standing on a principle that until I can get an appointment, I will not change my last name because it's so inconvenient, Like, and I asked, are you going to certified mail it back to me, and they're like, no. I have packages that still haven't been delivered from December. I'm not going to mail my passport. And then never get it back. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's a principal thing now. Sure. It's got principalities. Yeah. Everyone who knows me or cares about me knows that I'm a co-cash. So. <laughs> Except my dad. He's like, uh, you're still a Winberg. I swear you're going to say everyone knows I'm a co-cash. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a co-cash. <laughs> I don't see how that's relevant, but I guess we are podcasting. Same. Dap so. it up. <laughs> oh, Charlie girl. For those of you listening, the 20 people that are listening, my little dog Charlie is sitting right next to us. Bold of you to assume there's 20. Uh, I checked last week and I had 25 it people was me. listening. I checked in twice. <laughs> <laughs> two different two different devices. Yeah. Two different accounts. I got a new email just to fool you. <laughs> you fell for my clever ruse. It's it's MWIMB2010. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So... We wanted to talk about, or at least address for a little bit, mental health and everything about it and around it, as we both suffer to some degree from depression, anxiety, or all of the above, or whatever it might be. And if you're on TikTok, I don't know, am I ADHD? Am I neurodivergent? Who knows? Depends what sound I hear. <laughs> Depends on where I'm at in my cycle. Depends <coughs> on how many ounces of caffeine I've had. There's a lot to do with it with adrenal health. Or my favorite personal new discovery is I 
had to go to the ear, nose, throat doctor, which is a whole story in and of itself to get to the ear, nose, throat doctor mm-hmm. in a pandemic. But um, I have horrific insomnia. Like before my wedding, I think I was I was capping out about three hours a night of sleep, just like actual decent rest sleep. And so I go to the ear, nose, throat, and I'm talking to him about all my issues and stuff, and they make you, like, check all the boxes. And he's like, oh, it's because you have a deviated septum and allergies. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, your brain is jolting you awake in the middle of the night, which kickstarts your brain into thoughts, so you spiral, thinking about everything because you're running off of adrenaline because your brain is like, hey, I need oxygen, because you're not functioning on all the oxygen your brain needs when you sleep. So you have to get a CPAP now? You probably want to get a CPAP machine. No, I take an antihistamine before bed, and I sleep like a damn baby. Well, that's well, good. not a baby, but like <laughs> someone who sleeps well. Someone who sleeps well. <laughs> you find the analogy. Yes, yeah, not a baby. <laughs> You're a baby. But yeah, so I, and almost immediately, my stress levels, my anxiety went away because I'm getting consistent, restful sleep. From allergy meds. So I've got that going for me. You never tried taking a Benadryl to go to sleep? Well, yeah, I have, but you can become dependent on that, and it becomes less effective, and I'm allergic to bees. Bees. So I need to be careful because I can't afford an EpiPen. So are you taking like a 24-hour antihistamine, like a Claritin-type situation then? I do nasal sprays in the morning. Flonase? Mm-hmm. Nice. The over-the-counters, and then at night I take a... I don't know what kind of antihistamine. I, they're all pretty much the same. Yeah. I take like a pretty mild antihistamine at night that isn't as powerful as Benadryl, so I don't become like completely dependent on it. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. When, so my doctor gave me, I don't remember what it's fucking called, but it's a very, well, not very, but pretty strong antihistamine that's prescribed. And she gave it to me for my anxiety because it's, you know, a whatever sedative of sorts. And I took it, it didn't help, but man, I could just oh, smell everything. I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just keep keep those, but add something else on there. The air is crisp. Is yeah. this how everybody's always breathing? Yeah, exactly. I also talked to him about my deviated septum. He's like, if it gets worse, you could qualify for a nose job. So I've got that to look forward to in my 30s. Nice. So, looking forward to not that. <laughs> Like also my boobs, I have it. I'm really having a hard time sleeping with my boobs. Can you do something about that while you're working on the nose? This one's like a hard left, <laughs> yeah. like a 90 degree. Like it looks like a really bad cross-eyed situation. It's like a martini in a shot glass. <laughs> <laughs> Except it's three olives. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> one's an itty, one's an outie. <laughs> it's like my belly button. I wish that was a joke. Dude, mine also is fucked up. It looks like an any and an outie. Mine is literally a hole, unless you put your finger in it, and it has a tiny little skin flap in the center. It literally looks like yeah, like a post in the middle of my belly button. Mine does, too. Every, all my friends used to make fun of me and tell me I had a belly button penis. You can't tell anymore because I got too fat, so you can't see my belly button. So, yeah. winning. Yeah, you couldn't tell right now. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, my mental health, not my belly button. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> easy to get on tangents. It's so easy to talk to you, Nick. <laughs> um, how have you been doing with your mental health, like, recently? Uh, it's off and on. I, when I got back from Mexico, 
I was like sleeping and I woke up with heart palpitations. I would assume just because I had been drinking copious amounts of alcohol when I was in Mexico. Yeah. But nonetheless, I started freaking out and I couldn't go to sleep and I never have a problem sleeping, anxiety or not. Um, and so I went to the doctor the next day, made an appointment, all this stuff. We did an EKG. They did blood work, yada, 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 all this shit. And then she was like, I think it's your anxiety. I was like, yeah, I know that, but really? let's, let's kind of dig a little bit, bit deeper there. And so, you know, she's been the past like year, we've been going back and forth with different kinds of meds because she really doesn't want me on benzodiazepines. Um, but ultimately that's the only thing that'll help if I'm having a panic attack. Yeah. Um, and so I'm on a bunch of different meds, like off and on. I actually just saw an actual psychiatrist this week who is now taking me off my meds that my doctor prescribed for me, which is uh, escitalopram, which is an SSRI. Yeah. And so he's like, okay, you need to stop taking those, and then we're going to put you on Zoloft, which is a different SSRI, supposedly better for anxiety. Um, so I just started feeling like a little bit back to normal, and now I'm switching up the meds. And I'm like, great, this will be, be fun. There's just nothing I love more than that modern medicine has so many answers and so many avenues, and mm. it's all just trial and error. It really is. It's just like, what concoction can we make today? Yeah, like that's what he said. He was like, honestly, it's going to be trial and error. I was like, well, I can already tell you that I've burnt through the bulk majority of the SSRIs that would help with anxiety. I've also burnt through, you know, temporary remedies as far as benzodiazepines antihistamines, um, blood pressure medicine, stuff like that. He's like, well, we're just going to give you Xanax for if and when you need it. If you have a panic attack, take a Xanax. He's like, I'm not worried about you getting addicted to them. Um, so now I'm hopefully going to be finally on just two anxiety meds instead of like eight. Mm -hmm. But so I was seeing a therapist for six months, seven months or something. And Actually, last month, we just had our last session because she couldn't find anything wrong or at least a deeper issue that would be causing my panic attacks. Mm. And she basically just said, you know, from what I can tell, you're very level headed if you're like when you're not having a panic attack. I don't want to have you keep wasting your money here if all we're going to be doing is, you know, just going around in circles and chasing our tails. She's like, I'd rather have you see a psychiatrist, get medicated. If you're still having problems, you're more than welcome to come back. So, yeah, I basically just graduated therapy, rocked its, rocked its ass We're off. We're doing so good. Yeah. Um, have you found that, like, it comes in waves? Yeah, but I can't figure out what that what's triggering those waves. I mean, definitely when stress, I have... Stress, obviously, yeah. and, like, sleep and Stress alcohol. in some but sort, obvious. yeah. But it, when I have that first panic attack, then I'm more prone to have several more within however many weeks that month, whatever it is. It's like an earthquake and they mm -hmm. have like after tremors exactly. kind of a thing. It, oh God, it's the worst. I, <clears throat> I just know that I'm so sensitive to medication that I've just been so stubborn about it. But the night before my wedding, I took a Xanax so that I could sleep all through the night. Oh, I, you can never prescribe me Xanax. I will become addicted. <laughs> I will abuse it. I'm just like, mm, I'm in the couch forever. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. So, um, I, not naming names just because I know that they're, they're really going through it, but this month in particular, I found that just like me and my immediate close group of friends have been struggling mentally and to the point that one of my really good friends just went and got her dosage and meds readjusted herself mm -hmm. and she's been on Lexapro long time. And then another one who has been dealing with her own stuff 
her life like literally just imploded and I'm not going to give any too details because I really want to like plug your podcast <laughs> on all my socials and like I don't want them to feel like I'm outing them. But um, she she just got on medication for the first time ever and like had a really big step in her life that she took while on half a Xanax and was just like numb when it happened which to me is bonkers because I know that in any other situation, had she not had that half a Xanax, she would have been a fucking mess. So I I really praise like the utility of them, but I know me personally, I'd be like, I'm going to snort this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the thing. Like, I think I'm so conscious about medicine. I I never like, I'm super paranoid about overlapping any kind of medication. Like even with NyQuil and Mucinex, I Google pretty much every single time, can I take Mucinex with NyQuil or can I take this with DayQuil? Can I do this, this and this? And so I think that fear and also having family that's had addiction problems, I'm just kind of like, you know, I, one, I don't want to abuse this because I actually need it. Right. And I don't want to become dependent on it. Yeah. And so it's one of those things where I think I've, it was like with Clonopin when I was on Clonopin for a while. I heard I, that's the good good. It's good. I mean, it helped with my panic attacks, but I ended up using it a lot more because I was just having so many consistent panic attacks and I wasn't doing anything besides benzos. So I think if you do benzos in tandem with an SSRI or therapy or whatever and you're monitoring it, it's not an issue. It doesn't, you know, it's not an issue until it becomes an issue, right? Right. And so, yeah, I mean, right now I'm trying whatever works. I mean, I guess I really haven't had a panic attack in a couple of weeks, which is good, but also we upped my dosage of Lexapro, and so that's probably why. But now we're taking me off of it and doing, um, what did I say? Some other SSRI. I immediately forgot. Me too. I'm sorry. Why did I forget? Either way, <laughs> so I'm starting another SSRI. I heard they're not so good we'll for see. memory. Yeah. <laughs> Where am I? Um, how. How has this been like with your support system as well? Like, because I know the pandemic in general is just like a bitch slap in the face to mental health in general. But like, I've found like support systems even have really either failed or helped in this kind of a thing. And I have found like support systems in areas that I had not previously thought of, if you will. Also, my therapist that I've been going to for three years told me that she is quote unquote like early retiring because she wants to like focus on herself and her family because she's starting a family and she and I are like a year apart in age and like she had gotten married like right when I first started like going to her and we like found common ground on dogs and stuff and I was like by the way I'm gonna self-sabotage and tell you everything you want to (laughs) hear and she's been really good for me and she's like by the way I'm going away so I've had to like really dig deep and ask myself if I like need someone or if i just like included (laughs) watch the news watch how much i spiral out of control when you leave (laughs) i haven't utilized you in a month (laughs) watch this um uh yeah i guess i lost my train of thought but i mean at this point yeah i'm trying whatever's gonna work um i mean ultimately i think i'm always gonna have panic attacks it's just gonna be how well i can manage them and all this other shit that i have to do but you know, again, right now I'm in a good place. Haven't really had one recently, which is good. Uh, but who knows from a month from now. Yeah. What would you say is your biggest, like, contributor to them? It's really hard to say. When I'm, like, sick, I would say, because I'm such a 
you know, physically triggered person. So when like something feels out of whack in my body or I'm just like overly tired, um, that tends to trigger it. Um, I guess like sometimes traveling and other stuff like that tends to just because I hate flying. I mean, I like traveling, but I hate flying in airplanes and also I hate road trips. So, you know, we picked the lesser evil, right? Yeah. I mean, definitely the first time I ever saw you have a panic attack, you were wildly hungover Mm -hmm. we had just spent all day at a work meeting and then we were in the car on i-25 in construction you're like so by the way please take this exit because i'm having a panic attack i was like cool 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 (laughs) your panic attack will spiral me so i'm gonna pull over and we're gonna be separate for a minute (laughs) dude when i was we were coming back from oklahoma after thanksgiving and i was i mean not super hungover like not nearly like i was that day but also i found out i had covid at that time i mean i I had COVID. I didn't know I had it at the time. And so I didn't feel good. And we're sitting in the back of the car. And I was just like, Scotty, I don't want to alarm you, but I need to throw up. And so I'm on the side of the road puking my guts up. And I just get in the car and I'm like profusely shaking and mm. just, you know, took two of my whatever benzodiazepines that I had out of van and still nothing. And so I was just like, huh, this is it. I'm dying. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Wrap me in a tarp. Yeah. Throw me off the off the cliff. But, yeah, so, I mean, obviously, there's good and bad as far as what triggers it and what does it. And, I mean, bottom line is I can identify those, and I have for the most part, but it's not – I don't really feel like avoiding those, you know. You don't want to, like, avoid those situations for the rest of your life. Obviously, I can't avoid being sick for the rest of my life or any of this stuff. So or responsibility in general. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Whatever the trigger is, you can't avoid it. Yeah. Have you um, have you and Ashley been doing a lot of, like, wedding planning stuff? Has that attributed anything like that? No, because honestly, Ashley and her mother have just been Johnny on the spot, like, Checking handling everything. We have a venue, have a date, photographer, flowers. Food. Food. Everything is pretty much figured out besides the rehearsal dinner. And we know who's coming to that for the most part. We're just trying to find a venue for it and okay. where we want to do it. Nice. Um, but, yeah, I mean, she has pretty much taken on all that responsibility. And, you know, I did some of my stuff, like, the very bare minimum, like picking out groomsmen and <laughs> occasionally talking to the photographer or florist that we're using or whomever else but yeah her and her mom have just been really handling that so not a lot of stress there um i guess like and i wouldn't even say this is a trigger per se but it that definitely adds some stress is finding a house oh yeah absolutely especially in this market mm-hmm. yeah i mean that's what we're most worried about and uh, granted i don't think about it a lot because i have enough shit to think about so when the time comes i'll be ready to do it but i try not to bother myself with it every day yeah, no, man. Like, there's there's always going to be time to, there's always going to be time to, like, sit down and, like, hash numbers and do stuff like that. But, like, it's the dwelling on that mm-hmm. that I, I get into that, like, cyclical mindset. And I'm like, well, if I do this, then this, then this. And then all of a sudden I'm back to that same problem. I'm like, wait, I was just here. What am I doing? <laughs> See, I like that anxiety compared to you know what I'm used to because it's like normal people anxiety like mm-hmm. it's a stressful situation so naturally your body reacts as such and so that's fine that, that feels a lot different than um when I'm going through a phase of panic attacks right yeah 
And so, like, for me, like, the stress of work or the stress of finding a house and stuff like that, yeah, it probably adds stress and maybe it doesn't help. But also, it's kind of a good distraction as far as, like, okay, this is good stress. Not good stress, but, like, everyday stress. Like, yeah. stuff that normal people deal with. Like, Applicable this is, like, what... Stress. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I have found the majority of my stress these days comes from work. Okay. And <laughs> you understand why. Yeah. It's hard out here for a pimp, you know? <laughs> Sorry, I'm taking off my Uggs, my 2001 Uggs, because I'm nice. so fashionable here in my in my onesie romper, which <laughs> I have such a good story about wearing a romper that I wore a romper so I could remember to tell you this story. Nice tangent here. <laughs> um, so right before the wedding, I had to come to Fort Collins and pick up Cameron's suit, and I was like, oh, my God, I need to get a wax. I hadn't even thought about that. And so I like stopped by the wax salon. I was like, hi, can you fit me in? Is that possible? And she's like, yes, absolutely. Come back in an hour. So I go pick up his suit and I like grab a sandwich or whatever. And I'm sitting in the parking lot talking to his brother to be like, do you have pants? Like, did you take off work? Like babysitting everyone that I can think of because I'm neurotic and I have to check in. And as I'm walking in, I'm realizing I'm wearing a romper to get a bikini wax so i have to be completely nude i thought you normally would be completely nude for that why would i need to take my top off oh, for yeah. a bikini wax yeah so true. now i'm sitting there get your jugs about, waxed like, like what am i going to be wearing and the only thing i have in my car is a down jacket for winter mind you this is september mm-hmm. and it's still 92 degrees and i was just like it is what it is so this poor tech walks in and i'm literally just like zipped up just like bush out (laughs) i just wanted so badly to tell you how awkward of a circumstance that was because you're one of my friends who would appreciate just how horrifically humiliated i was and it turns out she's dating a guy who i went to high school with so i was like oh yeah he was in my graduating class thanks for asking God, yeah, what, I mean, what do you even say? Just oh, I nip really hard, so I had to put a down jacket on. <laughs> Sorry, I wore a romper like an idiot, and I didn't want you to have to see how hairy Just the rest. Cut of off me the is. bottom of it. <laughs> You're two pieces now. <laughs> yeah. You're just a little lady suit. <laughs> lady suit. Mm-hmm. It's the name of my next band. Lady suit. Lady suit. Good. You'll just be me wearing gum wrappers. <laughs> Come wrappers. I don't know. It's the first thing I could think of that was an inanimate object. <laughs> that wasn't just Charlie dead on the chair. Mm. Sweet girl. You're being so good. I brought all of these really fun statistics yeah. about mental health in the workplace. Because as aforementioned, just like mental health and work, which by the way, how is that at your job? Like how are you doing with your job? Good. Yeah. Busy. I'm Infinitely more happy there than I was at Shamrock. Word. <laughs> Word. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's great. I love it. I mean, there's obviously a not the best job, but it is, like, fun, and the people are good, and our clients are good, and can't ask for much more than that. Yeah, man. Getting... I don't have to talk to chefs. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Oh, it was the worst. 
they're it's and it's so hit or miss they're either just like you are the love of my life and i love you to death and you're so funny or it's like you're disgusting and i want to punch you in the face yeah but you're 400 miles away from me so i gotta be in good standing with you because i never come see you yep so that's fun f that yeah but um i was talking with cameron earlier he's like what are you guys even talking about i was like mental health <laughs> he's like gross i don't want to he's like cool i'm gonna bury that deep down because i'm a man <laughs> where Mean- can i sign up to not listen to it <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile he took all of last week off because he was just burnt out yeah just absolutely burnt out which brings me to see that see that liaison nice um let me find my notes Hello. Uh, In the 2019 study by the World Health Organization that I'm glad we're a part of again, even though we dropped out, um, they have officially classified burnout as a real, like, health issue. Mm -hmm. Because before that, it was just like, oh, he's tired. He needs a vacation. But they, like, finally classified the work or the word within the work environment, which... I didn't even realize was absolutely necessary, but it totally is, especially in the sales environment. Absolutely. Because it was the uh, 74% of sales reps on the job say that it is a 24 access to their lives. Because whenever you are a commission-based, particularly sales rep, like I don't feel like I can ever turn my phone off. Right. Ever. Like, if, if I have a huge customer call me at 1 in the morning, I will answer it, like, unabashedly. And that makes me want to punch myself. Yep. Because it's like, who, gross, fine. But still, here I am, like, what can I do for you? How are your carrots? How can I make my life more miserable for you? Absolutely. So I think there's, like, a direct correlation <clears throat> between the kind of people you and I are, which are salespeople, even if it's not, like, what you think of as a salesperson. Right. And, like, our mental health. It's like, we're here to people, please. Mm-hmm. My health hurts. <laughs> See, and that's the, I mean, at PF or at, in insurance in general, it's like what I didn't have at Shamrock was shutting that off. So like today I was able to go up to the mountains and snowboard all day and not have to worry about clients because my team. So my account manager and our account associate are just so on the spot, like make sure they have your bag and stuff like that. Plus, Weekends, you never hear unless there's like a big accident and they're letting you know that they need to file a claim on Monday, which it not nearly as common as a chef calling you on Saturday or Sunday saying, hey, we're out of ribeye. Get your ass over here. Yeah. Or, hey, you, I accidentally ordered, you know, this wrong thing and I'm not going to make it through the weekend. How are you going to write it? Yeah. And it's like, uh, I guess I'll drive 250 miles round trip to bring you a case of this can't wait god which is part of the job and i understand and like i am compensated for it but also another thing that contributes to this is the variable compensation and just like having to be available for that to make up that variable compensation like (laughs) that's how i'm gonna deal with that (laughs) I don't like it when you get misty-eyed. <laughs> oh, crying makes me so uncomfortable. Does it? So uncomfortable. So, like, 
can Ashley win a fight any time in all times by crying? No. I usually just get frustrated when she cries. I don't like yell at her. I, like, I never, I rarely yell at her, but that's the thing. Like she, we, we have this conversation with our friends all the time. Like our friend Cole and Caitlin just like scream at each other. Cause that's our dynamic. Like when they're fighting and it's whatever, probably not the healthiest way, but they're happy together and it's fine. And Ashley's like, if Nick, Nick never raises his voice at me, he just says, Ashley. And I start bawling my eyes out. Oh no! <laughs> it's because she's so like, she cries, you know, happy, sad, frustrated, and so it's just like a very quick emotional reaction for her. And I'm just like, no, don't cry. <laughs> don't you do it. You just put that deep down. Um, Whitney Cummings was on the Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> Joe Rogan is Gwyneth Paltrow. Change my mind. What? Change Joe Rogan mind? to dudes is Gwyneth Paltrow to women. Frivolous. Why? And opinionated on things they shouldn't be opinionated on. Cut that part out. I don't want to be chastised by the internet. By my 15 listeners. Yeah, by all your bro dudes who I'm sure listen to the Joe Rogan experience. Well, Tell yeah. me I'm wrong. <laughs> we all listen to the Joe Rogan experience. I know you do. Let's dig into that a little bit deeper, shall we? What don't you like about Joe Rogan as far as being opinionated on stuff? I think Joe Rogan comes from a great place of privilege. And like he has this huge platform to speak from. And he uses it in a way that's just like... I don't... I, I don't know. It's it's having this it's having all that privilege, having the platform to speak from it and then using that platform to just be like, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to like openly state that I recreationally abuse like hard narcotics and there are like people in jail for the rest of their lives for the same narcotics. And right, that, but like, he also argues, a, you know, he does condone the use of psychedelics, pot, stuff like that. He doesn't do any of the hard stuff. Um, I think, yeah, there are a lot of people there for that, but which he states and has had people on numerous times saying how fucked up that is and why it's fucked up. And so I think a lot of the times, you know, obviously there's some hit and miss issues there that people are not going to agree with him on. However, I think his opinions are, I mean, they're intense, but they're also a lot of factual based opinions. A lot of like, he does a lot of research is what I'm saying. Yeah. And that I applaud. Absolutely. I also will say that I have never listened to more than three episodes of his podcast because I just think it's uh, to me it's it's not as enthralling to like no, witness and naturally yeah but um I mean should I I'm a big fan but I can only listen to like one episode every other week because it's just they cover a lot yeah it's a lot for sure so I I, I will say that like if I were to delve into it a little deeper like I'm sure that there's some valid content there but for me it's it's really hard for me to see him coming from this place and have such a cult following because that's exactly what it is that people literally just like take his word as gospel right because yeah. he does so much research 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 some research um that like there's so many dudes who just like are so easily like well joe rogan said it so it must be true and that in my opinion is exactly what's wrong with society yeah, you can take that and put it a lot of other places, though, as mm. well. I mean, one, Facebook, people somehow like to use data from Facebook that they get, uh, quote-unquote data, which is usually just some asshole writing a bunch of fake fucking news. I can't. And same with the internet, same with all this stuff. So it's to be said about everything. I mean, really, you're talking about, like, 
70% of the assholes who argue with you out there based off of very little research and not credible sources. I had to, my gift to myself for my birthday back in November was to take Facebook off my phone. Yeah. I keep it only ac- like accessible on my computer so that I can go and like share my customer stuff. Other than that, I don't think I like ever post anything, share anything. I'll mm-hmm. like creep my like siblings and like like their stuff but i had to get off of facebook because i just got so like heated about it i remember i had like this huge conversation with my dad that i was like listen if you are not fact checking yourself about every single thing you like or post you are contributing to the problem and i'm so disappointed in you and to have those words come out of my mouth to my father literally broke me in half and then i had a downward spiral and had a panic attack Hmm. On the drive home from my hometown. <laughs> it was so fun. Because, like, my dad is... I have no daddy issues. My daddy issues are that I love him so desperately much. And I want his constant approval. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's so wonderful to me. So, I I don't know. It's been... It's been one of those things that I just am so critical of everything I see now. So I just had to remove it from my life. So I don't yeah. have Facebook anymore. And now I had to put it back on my phone because I just signed up for cl- I just signed up for classes to you're going to hate this. I can't wait to see your face when I tell you what I'm doing to be a birth coach assistant in a lactational <laughs> support. Wow. <laughs> You know, like, I've never seen someone so dead inside. <laughs> I don't understand it, but whatever makes you happy. Just like a softball coming through a papaya. As long as I don't have to listen about it. Cool, man. <laughs> That's cool. Which I know I won't. Um, yeah, I mean, with the Facebook thing. So I have Facebook and I'm, you know, I'm on it probably a couple times a week. Um, but my data is so... Just like everything on my feed is so like the algorithm has put just funny videos, basically my entire feed besides what people post. And so I get on there and my problem with Facebook is other social media is like I fall down those fucking rabbit holes. You mean TikTok that has devoured my life? Basically, yeah. I mean, so I don't use TikTok that much, but I essentially I'm on Instagram reels and then Facebook videos where you can just keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. So it's essentially the same fucking thing. Absolutely. But the videos are much longer. Yeah, exactly. And that's my problem. I wouldn't say I'm triggered by whomever's political opinions or whatever because I tend not to let that stuff usually doesn't get to me unless it's very loud and in my face. But yeah, my problem with social media is mostly like addiction where it's just like I'm I I found myself just like scrolling without even looking and I'm like doing something else I'm like what am I doing right now? Yeah. You're just like, oh, this feels good to do because yeah. I know that it has brought me joy in the past. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, what am I doing? <laughs> I've like, and this sounds bad, but I try to supplement LinkedIn for a lot of my social media browsing because I have to like get on LinkedIn once a day to whatever network, and I have like the premium thing, so I'm, I prospect on that, and so I use that oh, as nice. like a filler. But do you pay for that, or does the company? Um, they pay for it that's nice i noticed that you added me to your connected yeah it took me a while to find you are you active on that at no all? i didn't think so the only time i get on that is when i like go to clear up my junk box oh yeah and i'm like nick vanderlinden <laughs> mentioned me <laughs> what i appeared in three searches <laughs> what dude i 
So when I got premium, I really like dug into my LinkedIn and I was trying to make it more sales based and all this stuff because it was like I hadn't updated it since college. And I just became obsessed with checking how many people viewed my freaking oh, no. profile. Like all these like recruiters and stuff like this. And I was like, ha, nice. I went up 400% from last week in views <laughs> on my page. And I'm just like, give me those hits. What the fuck the, are you doing? Yeah. the sweet internet hits. Exactly. Oh, I need the views. I crave this kind of attention. <laughs> <laughs> I need your affirmation, whether it's positive or negative. Watch it. Listen to this podcast or I'm going to kill myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I made myself sad. <laughs> oh, we talked about killing ourselves. I am not going to unalive myself. That is one thing that I can firmly say. Yeah, same. Like, that's like, you know, one of the big therapy and psychiatrist things they ask you. Like, they really dig into that. I'm like, nope, nope, nope. I just had panic attacks. I just had panic attacks. I just had panic attacks. I know, like, a lot of those things go hand in hand, but I've had to, yeah, every single time I go in to a new doctor or a new therapist. But that's it's, what their job is. Like, I, I totally understand, like, where they're coming from with that. But at the same time, it's like, man, imagine being someone who does want to unalive themselves. Because I I could only imagine how much harder it would make it to, like, fight through that to admit that. Well, yeah, and then you're filling out, like, the numbers. Like, how many days out of the week are you too, you know, tired, depressed, tired, whatever it might be, to get out of bed? Or do you find yourself, like, how many days a week do you find yourself not enjoying your day-to-day activities? And yes. so, like, putting that as a number, you're just like, oh, my God, it's a lot more frequent than I thought. Let's not quantify this. Yeah. It makes me sad. Let's just say it happens a lot. Can we just leave it there? <laughs> oh, no. Um, the, like, have you ever had suicidal thoughts? Mm-mm. I, I can firmly tell you the last time that I, like, ever had them was when I was in my schmushmusive my horrible relationship mm. <clears throat> and I was on birth control because that crap is poison. Like I'm so glad if it works for other people, but for me it just drug me down to the pit of despair. And like, I remember going on it like my senior year of high school, just because I had such horrific issues. Right. And they were like, yeah, this will totally help you. And I just remember being 18 years old, on my lunch break, going back to school and like driving over a bridge and being like, oh, it just feels so nice if I could just drive into that ditch and drown and I could just like see everyone like whoever loved me at my funeral, like that would make me feel so good. And I was like, oh, I should I should not feel like this. Yeah. And I like stopped birth control the next day because I was like, I've never felt like this. The only thing different in my life is this. And so I have like always been this huge like proponent proponent to not be on birth control if you don't have to because mm-hmm. it makes you crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ashley, yes, Ashley actually just, I think, I don't think she switched birth controls. I think they upped her, the strength of hers because she was getting such gnarly um, ovarian cysts and cramps and stuff like that. Her symptoms were becoming a lot more severe. Does she have endometriosis? I don't know what that is. If she gets cysts that are like uterine if she's getting like uterine, like substance cysts outside of the uterus, that's endometriosis. Oh, um, I guess I don't really know what the classification for that would be. She doesn't get them frequently enough to where I think they've thought that at her gynecologist. Mm-hmm. I think it's more, I want to say hormonal, but I guess I don't really know if that's the case. I don't they know. just suck. Like her cycles suck. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. I feel for her. She should definitely look into shout out and this one. 
is legit shout out is Dr. Jolene Bright. She has a book called Beyond the Pill and so much more out there. But she is a like hormone genius. Mm -hmm. And she talks about like, if you're feeling this, support this. Like do all these things for yourself, for your body before you like turn to hormonal treatment. Because hormonal treatment is one, it's really, really hard on your body. And two, it's like very questionably ethical. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, deep diving into that, I can see how there'd be a lot of issues. And obviously, there's physical issues that take place on the surface that are obvious. Like, um, it, it just sucks. If if you know someone who's on the pill, give them a hug. Yeah. Thank them for their service. Salute them like a soldier. Right. I swear to God. <laughs> wow, we really, we really diverged there. Yeah. <laughs> That's sorry. the fun part about it. Sorry, Ashley, for outing you miss you i wish you were here my love she's come up in every podcast pretty much so far because she's so wonderful exactly beautiful she has a face like sunshine (laughs) what are we talking about Mm. oh here was something i wanted to talk about so i guess i'm always curious do you think it's a combination of both both or do you think that mental health or mental illnesses are more prominent now than they were later on. I mean, obviously there's some, a very good argument to say that it's because it's becoming less negative to talk about them. And, you know, people aren't so weird about it or as weird about it to bring it up. And it's like a real discussion now, but do you think that our generation or anything after, uh, baby boomers are more prone to anxiety and depression and stuff like that? 100%. Why do you think that is? Because I I, th- I think that too. I think that there's more, I mean, again, a lot of people argue, well, it's just a lot more outspoken now and you can talk about it. A lot of people had anxiety back then, but they were drinking a lot more too, which is a very solid argument. But also I do think that there is more. I don't think everybody just started coming out at once saying, let's talk about my mental health. I think there is a lot more diagnosed cases of it now. I think it's a, a threefold thing is that one, we have the language to be able to identify and classify it. Besides just calling someone fucking crazy. L- little Timmy's daft. Mm-hmm. He's a dumb mute. <laughs> like, we're going to put him to work in the library. Yeah. Like, he knows how to do numbers real good, but he can't make <laughs> one fucking sentence. But he can't step on grass. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I think, I think being able to, like, classify it, have the words to describe it, um, obviously the stigma has gone down because we have the words to discuss it. Mm-hmm. And then I also think that the number one contributing factor to it is the spread of information. Yeah. It is so much more rapid. It is so much more easily controlled than it's ever been. And it's constantly in your face. Like I think back to, I think back to my mom citing this example of when JFK was shot in the head and her mom had to ring the dinner bell and be like, Vanita, come in here. You need to sit down and you need to watch this. And I want you to remember this because this is something so incredibly important. You have to remember this. I remember that with 9-11. I was waiting out at the bus stop and my mom called me in and she was like, you need to sit down. You need to watch this and you need to remember this because this is very important for you to remember. Now... You get CNN updates every two hours on Mm -hmm. your phone and anyone over the age of what, 10 
has those updates. And so I think the spread of information is just so much more rapid, so much more in your face and like dramatized that of course we're, we're living on a dying planet. Like we all know it, like you just have this monster of information at your fingertips with the internet and being able to access it. So you just are constantly inundated with things to trigger you and set you off. Right. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's like, yeah, that's a really interesting point as well. I mean, it makes a lot of sense, right? Before everybody was so blocked off. And I think that a lot of that goes hand in hand with social media, right? There's a large, a very, you know, a lot of statistics, statistics that are run on the link between social media and depression and like uh, teen suicides and stuff like that because of, you know, obviously uh, self-image issues and stuff like that. Um, so do you think up, you know, a lot of, a lot more diagnostics are obviously happening. Do you think there's a lot of misdiagnostics coming with, with that? Like, do you think someone who might feel down or has the blues as someone a lot older than me might say, but if they are down, I almost feel like, they might go see a therapist because again, a combination of, you know, what is this? Could it be hormonal? Sure. But you know, on Facebook, there's so much going on, blah, 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 all this stuff. So do you think there's a lot of misdiagnostics that are also happening hand in hand with real diagnostics? I, I do, but I also think that like the quality of life that we live in this like modern age has lent itself so easily to being able to like, look at those things, focus on those things just sit there and like fester on those things that they very well might just be all psychosomatic because had it been, you know, the forties, they would have said, well, guess what? The cows still need milk and go fucking milk them. Mm -hmm. Like you don't get an option to be sad today, Brenda, go milk the fucking goats. Like I think there's a lot of like responsibility just because life has become so much easier as far as like industrialization and like, the reality of living is so much easier than it was in the past, if you will. So that like, we, we make more space in our lives to have that introspective look. Right. So I don't think necessarily that people are being misdiagnosed. I think we have more space in our lives to really step back and like assess them and then almost hyper focus on them to the point that they become real. Right, exactly. I mean, you come fix that. You think hard enough, and you can make that happen, right? You can make that happen to yourself, which a lot of mental health research has shown us. Obviously, when I have a panic attack, there's nothing physically wrong with me. It's my brain tricking my body into having a fight-or-flight response to whatever it might be. I'm curious if we might become too hyper-focused on it, right, in the mm-hmm. future, and too codependent on either medication and therapist and obviously that's not a bad thing but if you become too you know you look at something under a magnus what a magnoscope a magnoscope <laughs> i made it i invented <laughs> it it's mine um you look on you look at something under a magnifying glass for long enough it's going to catch on fire mm-hmm. in the right angle with the right amount of heat the right amount of light it's going to catch on fire and it's going to become destructive Right. And I mean, that's that's exactly. I mean, that's the same with regular medicine, right? Yeah, totally. Like you can get tests run on you all day and generally they'll find something that's wrong with you. Right. Always. If you dig deep enough. Yeah. And so that's, I guess, my concern. It's obviously it's pretty inevitable. I mean, it's going to happen. But I guess there's got to be a fine balance in between. Okay, 
I need to take things into my own hands, but also knowing when to reach out for help, right? Yeah, absolutely. Which is definitely the trick in a lot of cases. You know, definitely hard in a lot of cases mm-hmm. for a lot of people. Which, I mean, the fact that it still costs an absurd mm-hmm. amount to go talk to someone who is like a, a, a professional to be able to talk to someone to get like a decent answer is just crazy to me that that's still not covered by insurance. But even then, some of the like cheaper sides of that are garbage. There's some garbage therapists out there and some of the most flawed people I know are therapists. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why? Why yeah. are you in this job? Yeah, like my therapist at CSU was freaking ridiculous. Like she was so hyper-focused on like one trauma in my life and was convinced that that's my, why my panic attacks were so bad that we spent like three months going over all this stuff only to get nowhere. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Granted, I was paying like $10 per session. Yeah. Which... You know, you get what you pay for, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. There's um, there's definitely something to be said for reoccurring trauma mm-hmm. and, like, bringing that back up, whether you consistently bring it back up or, like, your therapist bringing it back up. <clears throat> and I have a firm belief that if you have to bring it up every single session, then you need to get a new therapist. Yep. And I... It's like absurd that people like haven't had the opportunity to talk about that more in their life. Mm -hmm. But I do see how that could inhibit them. Right. And, you know, I make a point really not to bring up that specific traumatic experience anymore just because, you know, talking to however many different therapists besides that one saying, yeah, we don't really think this is the root cause of what's going on here because you were having panic attacks before that traumatic event happened, like years before it happened. So at this point... And I even asked my past therapist about this. I was like, you know, is this, do I need to bring this up to people or something like that? She's like, if, you know, they're going to want to talk about it and they're going to want to pry. Um, so if it's something you know, we've kind of established that, that that's not the root cause, I don't think it's important to bring it up. Yeah. It's not like a viable like source of your misery mm-hmm. or like whatever. Um, my mom actually, shout out to Vanita, has taken just incredible strides in her mental health in the last year. And she, she's always been like able to sneak by with things like that because she is the same as I am that I can talk my way out of a corner. Right. And she can do that with therapists easily. And she found a really good one on a, like just a a miracle. Mm -hmm. Like I'll always be grateful to this therapist because my mom and I's relationship has changed so drastically in the last year because my mom finally went to therapy and finally was able to address some of those issues, those traumas and move forward to like how she deals with things now, how she like presents herself now, how she communicates and sets like boundaries. And my mom has apologized to me for things that I a hundred percent had written off as my own trauma with my own therapist being like, I have to accept that I'll never get an apology. And then I got an apology and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> it's It's been like a really cathartic year as far as like being able to have those kind of conversations. But it's also been like, oh no, you apologizing for that dug up all these deep ingrained yeah. memories and <clears throat> now I'm sad. I was going to ask about that. Like, well, you brought this up and then you kind of st- starts to beg the question, what about the other stuff, right? Right. And so... 
obviously you still have to wait for that. You can't just keep, I mean, you could, but you probably don't want to keep bringing it up to her until she's ready to talk about it herself. And so at that point, it's like, well, you're kind of in the state of limbo of, yeah, you have written it off. You've forgiven it for, you've forgiven her for not apologizing about that. But you're also hoping that now that she's had this realization, she'll start to realize this other stuff that she might have caused. And so, yeah, I mean, it's a, it can be a slippery slope in that way. How how my resolution has become her deep, like, introspective, like, mountain decline kind of a thing. Like, I, I don't I don't want to, like, bring her back two steps because I've moved forward in my own. Right. But, I mean, <clears throat> there is something to be safe, something to be said for, like, family therapy. And that's not a step that I've taken yet, but I'm 100% into it now mm-hmm. that we're both at a place where we can have, like conversations that don't end in me being like i don't want to talk to you anymore yeah but anyway that's hard yeah it is and again it's all you know all goes back to how far do you really want to dig here right like you could go on forever and bring up more and more issues but at some point you have to stop spending the money stop spending the emotional energy and time trying to dig out these things ultimately everybody has some sort of problem that they're trying to work out and some are better at it than others and other times you just have to bury it deep down yeah absolutely or moira sweet moira uh one day came to me and she was like you know i gotta be honest with you i'm really tired of you blaming the shit on your past what are you doing about it today how are you moving forward today what are you gonna do about tomorrow how are you gonna address this in the future and I was like but I'm traumatized she's like you can either you can choose to accept that that happened to you move forward from it and then like implement your own sense of self from here on out and I I think that was like one of my first huge breakthroughs yeah in my life and it was like right after Cameron had proposed to me and I was just like an unforsaken troll just like wedding yes and he, and he was like you're a different creature right now and I don't like it so I don't know there's there's definitely that sense of like you have to move forward you can't forget the past but you have to like accept it acknowledge it right. see how it shapes you and then choose consciously or unconsciously whatever to just like be better do better move forward right but again yeah it's like that fine balance right like where do you find that balance where do you obviously you have to keep moving forward you know standing still a certain death right um but again there are certain traumas and certain you know contributing factors to that that need to be addressed in order for some people to really feel whole again and feel like you know they can move forward yeah, absolutely. In, in a healthier direction. In my least favorite word that has been like so backwashed, triggered, things that trigger you into that. Mm. That like you can either like be triggered by that or you can be like, oh, that one hurt. Let's move forward kind of a thing. Because, of course, like we can all be triggered by things. But like you said earlier, like you can't. You can't just like dwell on that shit forever. Right. And you know, it goes back to, or coming back to my panic attacks. It's like at this point I'm, unless I really feel and <clears throat> like I'm in a dark spot, 
I need to talk about it with someone. At this point, it's about taking them day by day, right? They suck, but we, after however many therapists, how many can I see that are going to uncover something else, right? Yeah. And so at this point, it's more just like, well, I'm going to do whatever I can and, you know, live with it. Eventually, it'll either go away or I'll be able to manage them better. Yeah, absolutely. Which, in a way, you know, can kind of sound depressing. Like, oh, you don't want to live with that for the rest of your life. Like, well, I've been living with it since I was 12. And so far, so good. It's, you know, some days and weeks of my life have been worse than others as far as, like, how it's affected me and what I can and can't do because of them. But ultimately, I'm still getting to do the things that I want to do. Yeah. Like, yeah, I had something bad happen to me. I can live with that. Or I can choose to be stationary Mm -hmm. and die with that. Exactly. So... And it's, yeah, it's obviously easier said than done. And a lot of different situations are, have different remedies, but I think ultimately moving on and doing your best to, you know, accept that it happens or happened or is going to happen is just one of those ways of life. Just as, you know, you're going to get sick, you're going to die eventually, all this other stuff. Easier said than done, I know, but it's like, one of those things where I can I can find peace in that, you know, I can find peace in knowing that's going to happen. It's like, well, it's going to suck at the time, but I know it'll pass. Yeah. Life is all about finding that like fine line <clears throat> tightrope to walk between. It is what it is. And just being like, this will kill me. Mm-hmm. It's just being able to walk right above that. That's just like the floor is lava, but I have a plank and I can slowly tiptoe my way across it right i'd rather tiptoe than die in the lava Mm -hmm. exactly does it take a lot of energy does it take a lot of work totally but my calves are sick (laughs) (laughs) i have to potty you have to potty yeah we're back from my potty break and i had this memory that on the last episode that i listened to you're like tell me your favorite drunk story i see your favorite drunk story and i want to hear your favorite story of how you shit your pants as an adult. Okay. Because <laughs> those are my favorite stories. Because everybody likes a good fart joke or a poop story. Mm-hmm. Like, it just, it's funny. I don't care who you are. The story is actually fresh in my brain because I was talking about it on the way down from the mountains. Oh, can't so, wait. So, when I was working at Shamrock, uh, I had gone to the gym in the morning. And I, exactly I was I was on an empty stomach. <laughs> And I had a protein shake right after my workout. So I shower, get all ready and dressed, and I get in my car, and I have to drive out to buttfuck middle of nowhere, somewhere outside of Greeley. Classic. To deliver groceries to people I don't know or like. Classic. Um, it was like one case. Yeah, exactly. You're like, mm, I just wasted three quarters of a tank of gas and for a, a case of And napkins. a good pair of slacks. <laughs> <laughs> or khakis for this. Thank God, God they weren't fucking khakis, dude. <laughs> so I get in my car. And my ass is still a little wet from the shower, but I rip a fart and it was like hot. And I was just like, man, it didn't feel like I shit myself, but it just kept like smelling. I was like, God, that was fucking horrible. <laughs> and then I've just like, I feel it. Like I feel the wetness because it was slide? straight diarrhea. Oh, straight no. fucking poo juice <laughs> in my underpants. And so I was just like, you got to be kidding me. I actually just shit myself. 
Were and you on your way there or were you on your way back? No, it was on my way. Because this was like in the parking lot of the gym. So I'm getting ready to leave. I did not have time to go change. No. So I went to the nearest gas station and shoved a bunch of paper towels <laughs> in the back like a fucking diaper. It was the most unpleasant <laughs> car ride to and from this whatever restaurant it was at the time. Did you deliver groceries with poo mm-hmm. in your pants? I did. That should be the name of this episode, <laughs> by the way. Huge safety concern, evidently. <laughs> food hazards. Hey, I can't deliver your food. I shit my pants. I'm pretty sure that's a health code violation. In case anyone was wondering about the romaine outbreak a few years back, it was <laughs> Nick shit in his pants. <laughs> <laughs> but... That's yeah, honestly. Oh no, that's not the only time I shit my pants as an adult, but that's the most that's the one that sticks with me the most. Okay, okay, fair enough. The the one I was gonna <clears> say, like if you're ever needing in like I had a real low mental episode recently mm-hmm. and um just like something about my mouth was like, you know what you should do? You should drink a whole jar of pickle juice. <laughs> and I was like, fucking bet. Absolutely. Have you had the Kroger <laughs> zingers? Yeah. Dude, it's like playing roulette. Some are like a nice medium bunch of pickles. Some of them are like, oh, this wasn't very hot. And then the next pickle, you're like, I'm on fire internally. So I had a whole jar of that juice. And I I don't know what went through me, but like my brain was like, you were raised by a boomer. You can't waste the pickle juice. So I drank it. I drank a whole thing of pickle juice. In one sitting? In like less than an hour. Oh my God. And I was like, oh, it's so salty. I got to drink some water. So then I chugged two full Yetis of water with lemon juice, which is also a diuretic. Mm -hmm. Cameron came home. We had dinner. We're laying in bed. It's only like 830. And I was like, cool, 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 cool. I'm going to shit my pants. I literally lost five pounds in like a night because apparently pickle juice goes straight through you. So that's my new fashion trend. Like, if you need a new, like, diet fad, drink pickle juice. Like, a lot of pickle juice, you will shit your brains out. Need to cut weight before the big day? Just (laughs) down a gallon and shit your brains out. Make sure you give yourself 48 hours to recover. Seriously, though. Like, it was a lot. Like, the kind that you're like, I won't trust my butthole at all. Yeah. Not a fart, nothing. But, unfortunately, I didn't shit my pants in that situation. I just, like, knew what was happening. Right. And I was right next to a bathroom, so I didn't shit my pants in that instance. Do you want my shit my pants story? Yeah, go for it. This is my favorite shit my pants story. Picture it. It's 2015, 16. It's the summer before my final year of college. I took six years. Thanks. <laughs> I was on the bachelor's program to get a master's degree. <laughs> Except it was a master's program to get a bachelor's degree. That was backwards. My bad. <laughs> I went to community college, okay? <laughs> Leave me alone. Shut up. Lots of people go to school for seven years. <laughs> My credit <laughs> didn't transfer, and I had a really low GPA. <laughs> um, so I'm in Greece for a full month. Have I told you this story? I feel like I remember it. I but... love this story. So I'm in Greece. I'm performing an opera, and we're... Greece, per, uh, this island particularly, is like the medium point between... Greece and Turkey so it's like a huge like port hub Mm. so they celebrate siesta just like Spain does so anything between like 1130 and like 130 everything's closed it's like a ghost town like no one exists everybody goes home eats lunch takes a nap right and then dinner isn't until like nine o'clock at night well we're Americans on an opera schedule and so we have rehearsal that you need to be totally awake for and like singing like hard notes 
by 8 a.m. So I'm getting up at like 6, 7 in the morning so I can be ready. And I I didn't know that you couldn't drink the water because <laughs> I'm an idiot. So it's the first day of rehearsal and I had drank a bunch of water and we are about to go on break for lunch and I'm like, oh no, we're about 10 city blocks from the opera house to our hotel. And like, I'm walking back and I'm in this like beautiful, like billowy linen white skirt because I'm on vacation. So I wear dumb shit that I've never worn in my life. I'm like, you know what? I will wear all white all the time because I'm in country, Greece. new me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, am I a single divorce? Like widow? Like, I don't know. The but, world may never know. So like the first two blocks, I'm like, okay, I'm power walking block like three through six i'm like hunched over like the hunchback of notre dame block like like seven and eight i'm just like fucking dragging my legs like my butt cheeks clenched so so tight i can't even we get to the front 18 steps of white marble staircase and i look at my friend who was with me and i'm like i don't know how i'm gonna do this and I took one step up and it was just enough separation of my butt cheeks that it just went Wah! and I just start horrifically shitting water. Oh my God. And I don't know what to do. So oh I literally God. reach down, grab the bottom of my skirt and like pull it up like to a be diaper. a diaper. <laughs> and I have to like haul ass to my hotel room. And I look at my friend, I'm like, unlock the room. <laughs> just like shitting my pants uncontrollably into my skirt i threw the skirt away for the record (laughs) and i just like unleashed holy hellfire still had to go back to rehearsal like an hour later and when we're leaving for rehearsal the poor hotel concierge is out there just spraying the steps oh my god they're like feral cats out there like fighting over like Like the most horrific thing that's ever happened to me. And then literally the next day it happened to my roommate because she she brushed her teeth and like accidentally swallowed the water. And it happened the next day, except it happened to her in the opera house. So I didn't feel as bad. Anyway, that's the story of how I shit my pants as a full grown adult. That's pretty intense. That's a little more intense than mine. I didn't deliver like perishable goods to a restaurant. Yeah, but you shat on a beautiful marble I floor really did. it was so beautiful <laughs> hotel Sierros. i'm so sorry <laughs> i mean i can only imagine it's the splash distance i mean were any of the maids nearby were they in the splash zone for that or god i hope not <laughs> i i don't even remember i just like blacked out the second my butt cheeks separated i'm telling you i was just like gird my loins <laughs> oh my god <laughs> anyway so speaking of mental health it's all just diarrhea <laughs> it's from all here. just diarrhea it's constant constipation or diarrhea (laughs) never in between (laughs) never anything in between (laughs) like i love that my christmas presents from my mom or my stepmom are like really high dollar like fiber mixes because they're like i know that you wouldn't buy it for yourself and i'm like you're right i won't buy a 45 dollar fiber additive but thank you for this beautiful christmas gift in hopes that my butthole doesn't tear another time (laughs) with another poop right which, by the way, I found a, out a new hemorrhoid cure. What's that? that? I was super excited to share with you. You take a cotton pad and you put a little like KY jelly on it and dissolve some sugar into it and put that up against your hemorrhoid. And doctors swear by it that your hemorrhoid will be gone the next day. 
it's been so long that I haven't had the opportunity to try, but I read that remedy and so many women were like, this totally worked for me that I was like, damn, I got to share this with Peter Cottontail, my buddy, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a foolproof plan. And then your partner gets a tasty treat when they're eating your ass no, next time. No. <laughs> <laughs> mm, pop rocks. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking gross. <laughs> like making like fucking frosting back there <laughs> like those 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 like uh hard candy like stalactite suckers used to get at elitches yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so fucking gross cool i hate it here <laughs> Dude, this, i don't want to be here anymore i probably told you this story but my friend chris shout out chris connery um <laughs> thanks for the equipment bud <laughs> um he was telling me about a story. He worked in the kitchen, um, restaurant progress or no, uh, no, it wasn't restaurant progress. Some fucking chain restaurant in Arizona, but like pretty nice food. And so like in the kitchen, we pour fucking cornstarch or whatever it is on our balls. Cause it's, you know, absorbent and whatever. Yeah. They spicy down there for sure. Uh huh. I use it in my armpits all the time. Yeah, it works. So one of their friends in the line, I think his name was Matt. Shout out Matt. If for some reason I don't know you, but if you ever hear this podcast, are we tipsy enough that we're doing the like a bunch of shout outs thing that you yep. you and Kristen? <laughs> Cheers! I'll drink to that, bro. I love doing it. <laughs> and so this guy named Matt, they call him Cocaine Matt because he's just like addicted to blow. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And he's on the line. He's like, "Hey, can someone pass me the cornstarch?" And so Chris gives him powdered sugar instead horse powdered sugar down his pants with sweaty kitchen balls he's like god my balls feel sticky and chris is like hey cocaine matt are you making some beignets down there and it was just one of my favorite fucking stories oh no oh that's really good i enjoy that a lot oh my god yeah when you told me that story, I, I've told everybody since. It's like one of my favorite stories. Making beignets. Good for him. I know. Aww. He's clever. A plus. <laughs> shout out Chris. Shout out Chris. Another shout out for that story. Fuck. I don't even know you, sweet bastard. <laughs> Ow. Did you get your COVID shot? No. I have like a fucking spider bite or something on my arm. Oh, really? It's super itchy. I think. I don't know what it is. Some sort of bug bite. Herpes. Herpes. <laughs> From my trip abroad. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Mexico. I came back with weird bumps. Yeah. I think it's Only COVID. Only my crotch. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I think I have the chicken pox. <laughs> of the mouth. It's with the water. It's in the water there, I think. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely I, uh, wasn't a Mexican whore. The whole reason I went to the ear, nose, throat um, was because I grew a skin tag off my uvula. Ooh. So in the words of Ca Cardi B, I had an extra dangly thing that swang <laughs> in the back of my throat. And it turns out that it's like one of the like 40 different strains of HPV, mm -hmm. which is literally the same one that causes like warts on your hands. So I basically had a hand wart grow in my throat and I was like, what did I do to the universe to deserve this? But also it was really fun because I could breathe in and it would go like you could hear it. Like I would hate rattling. that. It was the worst. Did it make your gag reflex worse? No. No. Well, when I ate, definitely. Yeah. I could like feel something back there. But <clears throat> being 
being an opera singer, <laughs> but like being a singer in general, like I just have like a hyper awareness of like, oh, my th- my throat feels weird. Plus or professional l- blowjob giver. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Cameron's like, what? When? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> How long have I known you? Care to tell me any of your One special talents? One time. Come on. <laughs> but I just was like, something something is not right. And I like took a flashlight and I was like, oh, she got a whole second uvula oh back God. there. And just like somebody throwing up peace signs. <laughs> it's weird. Anyway, so I went in. Oh, my God. I had the hottest ear, nose, throat doctor. He was like early 30s, like very well dressed. And he's like spraying the numbing throat stuff. And I was like, <gasps> and he just runs to the corner of the room to like get out of my like gag. And he's like, sorry, it's an occupational hazard. And I was like, it's okay. <gasps> I swear to God, it's never the senses. I'm squeezing my thumb and everything. I like, I like don't know what this is about. I'm usually like much more. T- <gasps> Do you have a banana? I can show. <laughs> The wheeze is new, so <laughs> it's, pro- it's probably from the space that the dangling thing left in my throat. That's still pretty raw for me, is my wheezy laugh. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> is, it, is it uncomfortable in here? <laughs> A little bit. Oh, man, so speaking of uncomfortable doctor stories... <laughs> Uh, when I got my physical, like when I went in, I, when I was talking about my panic attacks to my doctor, or whatever, like my heart palpitation, I went in and got a physical uh, and I liked the follow through. Yeah. yeah. It went higher. It did really project it. Oh, I can smell it now. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I murdered like half of a King super sub on the way down from the mountains. Good for you, but <laughs> it was disgusting you should have seen it the bread was so soggy Ugh. the lettuce was so limp it was soggy yet somehow still stale <laughs> I was like how is this possible the ends were so hard and crisp it cut the roof of my mouth carry on carry on um, we've all been there we've all had a bad sandwich and a really good sandwich right exactly um, okay, so I'm at the doctor, and I'm getting my physical or whatever, and I forgot that they do the testicle check, like, to make sure you don't have any whatever. Yeah, they did the hernia Her check, and then also she was checking to make sure I didn't have any lumps on my uh, balls. Your nads. And so I still can't get over how far my dick went inside of me when I had to take my pants off in front of the doctor. Female and or male? Female. Is she hot? No, but she's like, part of me still wanted to impress her, you know? <laughs> Look at it. Tell me it's yeah. nice. <laughs> Don't look it directly in the eye. I know it's facing right at you. But it was just like, I I instantly took my pants off and it was like, turning around trying to fluff it up. (laughs) Get a semi, get a semi. (laughs) Like, come on. It's it's very cold. Can I get an inch? It was just so embarrassing. And at that point, it was so far inside me, it looked like a fucking chode. This isn't at all like the foot long like, I ate. It was just, yeah, exactly. Just so you know, I'm a grower, not a shower. She's like, honey, I don't care. I'm like, yeah, but I know. Just, But I, I do. I, I do. I want you to know that. I want you to know that had this been different circumstances, I would have shown up for you, yeah. okay? It's not you. It's me. I'm just nervous. This is my first time. Listen, Miranda, the stakes are very high. I had a few drinks in me. I don't know. That that sandwich was 
<laughs> really full. My stomach sticking out farther than my wiener usually would. Oh my god, <laughs> it was embarrassing. I heard. I'll I'll admit it only to you and your twenty followers. Um, mm-hmm. I've gotten to a point in life where I can't just be like, oh, I read this article or like I heard it somewhere. It was a TikTok video. I saw a TikTok <laughs> video. I saw a TikTok video today of like a bunch of dudes like all online playing a fucking video game that they're like, yeah, did you know that you can get a penis enlargement? And it's literally because you have like three inches of dick inside you. And they literally just like pull that out. And all the guys like on the live of this video game were like, what? (laughs) (laughs) You mean I'm actually six inches? (laughs) And honestly, good for them. Sure. Good for them for admitting it in front of their (laughs) bros. Nice inhaler. Fucking nerd. (laughs) Shout out Pro Air. I have at least three Snapchat videos of you taking a hit off your inhaler. Ripping the inhaler. Just ripping your inhaler, and every single time I just go, nerd. (laughs) In my meetings at work, I sometimes have to whip out the inhaler, and everyone pretends not to notice it, but like you can tell everyone steals a glance real quick. I'm like, yes, I have asthma, okay? (laughs) I keep my inhaler next to my retainer. (laughs) Um, Speaking of a. Uh, accent. So I was doing the the shit the sloth mm-hmm. the other day, and I noticed that shit the sloth removed the like speech impediment, and you're literally one step away from the Jennifer Coolidge. And apparently, I'd never shown my husband my Jennifer Coolidge, and so I'd like to bring that to the table for you here now. Absolutely. <laughs> you look like the Fourth of July. Makes me want a hot dog real bad. <laughs> I'm so glad you did that quote because I used to quote that so much when I was like a little kid. I'm taking the dog, <laughs> dumbass. <laughs> I don't know how well that's going to translate without like my hair flick, but I, right. hope, it, I hope it comes off. You better. look like the 4th of July. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It makes me want a hot dog real bad. <laughs> but yeah, so add a speech impediment to that and you're Sid the Sloth. I'm just saying. And you have capabilities. How did you figure this out? I spent a lot of time alone. <laughs> Were you talking to Piper and said the sloth voice? You're like, wait, Piper, well, hold Pi- the phone. Piper's voice is not that different. Piper, Piper is a sweet girl and she <laughs> speaks like this. If she has a voice, this is it. Because <laughs> she's so stupid, but it's so like, beautiful and fat. I picture her being like a black sassy nurse. That's what she sounds like. Baby. <laughs> oh, honey. I'm, I'm absolutely not going to do a black scent. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't here to be canceled. <laughs> Could get a lot of heat from that from my 20 viewers. What if I get canceled? What <laughs> will I do? Sh- cut it out. Yeah. <laughs> get this out of the. What if I finally become famous? Like 16 year old me definitely believe she would. <laughs> Was I a drama kid? Yes. Was I a horse girl? Absolutely. Will <laughs> I become famous in my brain then? Absolutely. I'm still holding out hope. <laughs> And what better platform than Shamrock Foods? (laughs) (laughs) Urinal cakes and mayonnaise. That's my break. Satisfaction. (laughs) Guaranteed. (laughs) Orally. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) It's a podcast. Of course it's orally. (laughs) See, that's double entendre. See what you did there? (laughs) See what I did there? (laughs) So speaking of getting canceled, I actually was going to bring this up to you. I thought you said cancer. Oh, speaking of getting cancer. (laughs) The lump on my balls is inconclusive. Sorry. <laughs> That's a really roundabout way of saying you're dying. Yeah. <laughs> no one takes it seriously because it's my balls. Cancer's not funny. It's Sorry. not. 
Lance Armstrong did a lot, and we should be a little bit nicer to him. Bring that up. Whatever you have on your notes. <laughs> yeah, so what I had to bring... I, one of my questions is, why do you think people... like Why do you think cancel culture is getting so prominent right now? Or in the past, probably, what do you think, like three or four years? Three years? Same reason I talked about earlier. So much information at the like fingertips of your disposal, and everything is like... But do you... Okay, so immortal. do you agree with people scrolling down to someone's 2009 Twitter feed and then bringing it up and posting it? And then... Only, I stand behind this i know probably a lot of people don't agree with it but the only reason that's a big deal now is because it's now and not 2009 right whether that's an untasteful gay joke an untasteful racist joke, whatever it might be would not have been that big of a problem granted probably not obviously not the best joke to put on a public platform right still problematic but morgan what's his face morgan wallen yeah so saying the n-word with his friends not you know like calling his friend N-I-G-G-A, right? Mm-hmm. And then gets caught on his neighbor's ring camera and then they post it and ruin his entire career. Where do you stand on that? I stand on, first and foremost, it would have came out regardless of a ring camera video. It would have came out any other way. My issue with Morgan Wallen is not him saying the N-word out of context. That's not my issue with him. He was fucking shit-faced and he said a bad word and like... If if that's what we're basing on cancel culture, then like fuck cancel culture. My issue is that Morgan Wallen's wife just had a baby and there are not one, not two, but like multiple sources of him fucking other women. Okay, but that's different. So that aside. So that I cancel him for it because I don't believe in infidelity. Mm-hmm. Unless that's like an agreement in your relationship and that has not been brought to the public eye. But you know- I... I just have a huge issue with infidelity, but as far as cancel culture goes, I'm furious at cancel culture, just for the record. I think it's horseshit. We should not be judged on things that we said when our brains were primitive. Right. Like, I'm sorry, but like my 19-year-old brain should not be judged as the 29-year-old brain that it is now. I mean, I'm 25. Shut up. <laughs> We know you are. I'm not almost 30. Um, Actually, I'm really excited to be 30. I'm going to have a nice funeral for my youth. It's going to be beautiful. You're invited. 30, flirty, and thriving. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, We'll do the thriller dance, and that's it. Great. (laughs) um, And eat razzles. Sorry, what are you going to say about cancel culture? Um, Yes, basically, I tend to fight with everything that's going on, political climate or otherwise. I find that cancel culture is my biggest... It's what I pay attention to most and how angry I get about it, thinking about it, like how you can dig through someone's shit however many years ago, right, that they didn't bother to delete and just absolutely destroying everything that they worked for with one fucking thing. Absolutely. Dependent upon what that one fucking thing right. is. Right. Like ha- if it's like... And how common it occurred at the time as well. Right. Like if it's you... Um, let's see here. Kevin Hart making a gay joke about his son. Like if my, if my son was gay, I'd like kill myself or something like that. It wasn't as prevalent as it was today to not be able to say that. Do Mm -hmm. I think that that's okay? Absolutely not. Right. Untasteful. Of course. A hundred percent. Like ridiculous that he would ever think that that's okay to say to his son but someone who's building their career just fucking scrapping for every laugh that they can no wonder people no wonder people who are like huge comedians are just like 
unheard of. Kathy Griffith, to think of one. She did that one picture of Trump with his head cut off, and she was just immediately canceled. Mm-hmm. And then everything she did after that, people were just like, well, she's a dumb bitch. And it's just like, you can't cancel someone just because you are offended by one thing they did in their whole life. That there's there's like a whole other life that they had that like cancels that out, depending on what that one thing was. But and hers a, was a political opinion. So like, who which, the fuck cares? Yeah, well, and to be fair, a lot of comedians stray away from that now because it is such a hot button issue, right? Yeah. But it's so frustrating that you, in fact, can get canceled for saying that one thing, right? Yeah. And it's just Easily. like, if we were to like, if we were to hold the normal public as responsible as we do these people that are on like a larger platform than us, then the society would fucking collapse. No one would have a goddamn job anymore. No one would have a job. No one would have anything at all. Because they're just like their foundations have just been like totally fucking rocked because everything they've built has gone away. Mm -hmm. That being said, I have no sympathy for people who are at the top and are held to a higher standard like the Morgan Wallen who's like, guess what? You have so much money just like Tom Brady. Did you see Tom Brady on the pontoons? Toss the... Yeah, toss the Lombardi trip. Fucking Gronk. Have you... I... Okay, listen... I try really hard to keep up with football like culture because I love my husband, but I couldn't tell you anyone who plays for any team. I could give two shits about football. I really struggle with like sports because I don't think that it's a necessity at the like level that it's at right now. I think they're like overpaid crybabies. But that being said, they walked him out of there. He pays people great money to be like, hey, if I'm acting a fool, give me the fuck out of here. Morgan Wallen has that kind of money at his disposal to get him out of that situation. Mm -hmm. So I have no sympathy for him being like, oh, I didn't mean to say it. Like, no, you said it. And like, clearly you felt comfortable saying it enough to say it in that moment. So like, I don't feel like sad for you you could have like hired someone for that like you are at that level in your career hire someone for that that comes with the fame that you have willingly taken on to be more specific do you mean so when you say you have the you know you have enough money to have that problem taken care of what i think of is having a public speaker come out for you and say something but almost every single time it's just Oh, they said this. They didn't mean it. They're taking a sabbatical to work on themselves and educate themselves and stuff like that, which really doesn't do shit. So why would I pay someone that much money just for something that I could have done? Right. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, it's it's not as black and white as that. But ultimately, it's having your publicist come out and say, oh, he's not answering any questions. He's taking a like mental break because he needs to whatever, work some stuff out. Like same thing with the fucking um, bachelor guy girl like thing like he's like yeah i have to take some time to educate myself and it's like (laughs) and okay i just found out that her thing the reason that came up was wasn't it like some it was a sorority party in the south that they did in like the 80s it's the uh it's the old south where they dress up in like the clothes and stuff and people like i don't know what it represents or what it's supposed to be going back to in the south but people labeled it as like a lynching and how people like dressed up for those and stuff like that oh boy like I, and i could be misspeaking here i'm probably 
skewing the information to some degree. But from what I gathered, they were at a party. She was dressed up. They were all dressed up because it was like the an Old South party is what the, they used to call it. So they all dressed up with things like fancy dresses, like the big whatever gowns and whatnot. And then someone was like, oh, this is racist. This is a lynching party or like paying tribute to a lynching party mm. or whatever it might have been. And so it's like they went back to her college years, found that, or someone from her college years was like, hey, she is somewhat famous now or has the spotlight on her. Let's just put this in front of everybody. Right. Which, well, and especially that one where it's such a gray area. Again, I don't know what exactly what happened, but I can't really imagine she was like, yeah, lynching party, you know? I, I, I can. I, let's not give her that much credit. Okay, fair enough. Because I don't, I don't, I don't know the situation well enough to like even, and, yeah, neither do like I. speak as much on it. But like, let's not give her that much credit. <laughs> um, here's my thing. I, as a full-grown adult woman, went back through my social media at like two years ago and was like, oh, you know what? Not very, not very nice. Let's delete it. Yep. You know what? Let's not delete that. Like every time I go to like tweet something or like comment something and I'm like, you know what? Let's not post that. Like if I hold myself to that standard, why can't other people? Well, that specific case didn't come up on social media. It was a um, Polaroid camera picture that they like dug through the trenches to get. Oh, okay, okay. Like that's. I feel like that's kind of a different level of petty than finding another like someone's facebook or social media feed right yeah let's let's go back and once again be like let's not give her enough credit to pretend that she was like a lynching party yeah but also like hey man you're on a plantation let's take like a minute of reverence Mm -hmm. and like think about that but who really thinks about that right i mean like as far as and giving her the benefit of the doubt she went to that party as a college student, as most college students do, which all have themes nowadays and back then as well. Mm-hmm. Do you really think most of them were thinking, oh, we're on a plantation. We need to show a little bit or we need to put a little more thought into this. Or were they thinking like drunk college students were like, yeah, dress up party. Let's get fucking wasted. Yeah, I definitely want to get dressed up. I definitely want to get fucked up. Like totally. However, I don't have any of those in my past that I'm aware of. Yeah, but we grew up in a different time. That, I mean, she's a little bit older than us in that. How old is she? I can almost guarantee you that enough, we're, we're like the same was, fucking age. Old so. enough <laughs> to where she was in college in the early 90s. She's in college in the early 90s? What are we doing? The Bachelorette at fucking 40s now? Maybe that's not accurate. I don't know. Either way. Regardless, like I'm I'm at the point <clears throat> that my life was. I'm pre-social media. Like, my social media in high school and early college, Facebook had just become available. Like, I remember my brother got Facebook, and it was only available to college students when he was at CSU. Mm -hmm. And, like, I remember that vividly. Like, I had the MySpace, the AIM, the MSN Messenger. But, like, I still... Like, I remember I had a quote on there one time uh, from Dodgeball that was like, I'm not gay, I'm a lesbian. Or, like, I'm not a lesbian, I'm bisexual. That's what it was from Dodgeball. Mm -hmm. My mom whooped my ass. She was like, this is on the internet. This is forever. Mm -hmm. And now my mom posts, like, stuff she doesn't fact check. And I'm like, oh, how the turntables have turned. (laughs) But (laughs) I don't know. I just think think it, like, lends itself to being, and I'll be a little more aware of it, like, 
I think the worst one that I've done and like cancel me if you will is that I did a my first year at university we did a opera scene from Madama Butterfly which is a Puccini and I did Geisha Face and I remember being like horrifically torn about about being a white woman doing geisha face what's geisha face the white pale makeup oh with yeah, the, yeah. Like, like memoirs of a geisha face yeah okay if you will i remember doing that and i remember they wrote a student article about how it was super politically incorrect and i ended up falling down like a rabbit hole of how it's like to pretend that this wasn't a part of art when the opera was written is to like right literally I mean, like cheapen the art in and of itself it's not in any mockery for that though right that's my thing like right we can't like, just pretend like shit like that didn't happen and mm-hmm. that's like the same thing with you can't i mean a lot of schools are not showing certain videos that are showing politically incorrect stuff or saying uh, polit- politically incorrect words like especially uh african-american slurs like racial slurs and it's like yeah i mean it's offensive but it's important that the people like people know and like what it was like back then and why it's not okay like why we're at the point we are now right right like the cancel culture around dr seuss and like huckleberry finn yeah stuff yeah like that. exactly like do i think those have to be what you read in high school no i think we can find better literature than that is it a classic absolutely does it have to be the classic no but let's not pretend it doesn't exist and just gloss past it be like hey there's some stuff in here that's like questionable mm-hmm. because this person writing about this was in this time period. And I want you to think about what this time period is. And it's a perfect teaching opportunity to be like, hey, guess what? People who wrote about this during this time weren't right. They weren't right about this. Like people are allowed to be wrong in the past as long as now in the future they're like not actively like defending them being right, wrong yeah. in the past. And I also don't think like anytime something like that comes up and someone tries to defend themselves by saying, you know, it was different. Like I don't feel that way. Now I know that it's wrong. I kind of just have a hard time with people who just keep re uh, pounding that, like, you know, just beating that dead horse where it's like someone who makes like a public apology. Yeah. It's hard to tell if they fucking meet it or not. But it, to me, it's like, okay, they've addressed it. They're working on it. They obviously don't feel that way now. So why are we still, you know, why do we still have a knife to their throat? Yeah. Like the whole Justin Timberlake thing. Have you have what you watched that? the new Britney documentary? No. Which, by the way, the guy who we all need to be apologizing to is the guy who was like, leave Britney alone. <laughs> we all need, we all owe him an apology because he's been on track his whole fucking life. Britney Spears has been wronged the entirety of hers. And Justin Timberlake came out with this like sad sap fucking apology. That's like, I benefited from like systems of oppression and like being a man. And like, like he didn't get canceled after he exposed Janet Jackson's boob, Mm. but Janet Jackson did. And he was just like, yes, shame on me. Also, I will be touring in the fall. And so it's, like, hard to be, like, forgiving towards things like that. Like, do I love Justin Timberlake? Eh. I could live without his music. 
does an apology mean something to me? Because it's all just like frivolous at this point, you know? As most public apologies are when they come from. But that's, again, it goes back to that, you know, they, they have people write the, this stuff up for them, mm-hmm, right? And so mm-hmm. it's like coming from, it's not them. It's not coming from any kind of part of them. This is like your publicist says, okay, this is what you need to say. This is what you need to address and nothing more, nothing less, right? Right. It's a very well-worded, right. well-politicized, like, thought-through plan. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, that's all good and fine. I know, like, legally, that's kind of, like, the route that you have to go, but it doesn't go a long way. Yeah. As far as, you know, getting people's forgiveness or whatever. Right. Move, trying to move on. Absolutely. Like, I'm, I'm 100% a proponent of, like, show me you're sorry. Mm-hmm. Show me. Do you watch Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist? Mm-mm. First and foremost, shout out to Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist on Hulu. It's a <laughs> fucking delight. Um, actually, I think it's an NBC. I don't know. Anyway, it's uh, the premise is that a girl, a girl goes through an MRI because she like hits her head. She goes into the MRI and the guy is like offering her music choices. And it like short circuits and uploads like all this music into her or whatever during the MRI. And now she hears people's inner thoughts as music. Mm. And like it sounds hokey, but it's really delightful. And the latest and greatest has been on the inequality of like African-Americans and like minorities in general, like in positions of power in companies. And it has just been like revelatory because i'm like oh no (laughs) yeah how have i contributed and like i and it's exactly like do what you mean show me not just tell me you're sorry right so i don't know sorry i do why not i have this really bad habit of like camera and i will watch a new show and i'll think i'll like can i impersonate that character and I'll like practice it a while and then I'll like bring it to him I'll like bring it up to him and then I can't stop it (laughs) and it probably took me a good month and a half to get rid of Lola from Big Mouth oh my god yeah oh my god (laughs) it was like stupid romantic I even put Tanner on my cheeks (laughs) so dude Nick Kroll completes me oh my god his yeah have you seen his movie who is it it's nick crawl um adam scott right the guy from parks and rec yeah parks and rec Mm -hmm. i can't remember who the love interest oh no it's fucking um jenny slate so adam scott is blind and he likes to do like triathlons and shit and so nick crawl like is his seeing eye person (laughs) And they're, like, both kind of seeing Jenny Slate. And Jenny Slate doesn't know. Jenny Slate's husband, like, just died. And she hooks up with Nick Kroll. And then, like, on a whim, like, tries to become, like, a support person for Adam Scott. And then is somehow dating both of them. And they're always hanging. It's one of those dark humor movies that, Mm -hmm. quite frankly, I live for. Yep. I have not seen it. So dry. So humorous. I love shit like that charlie are you a nasty little baby she's not nasty you're repulsive i 
You're repulsive. I love you so much. If you bite me, watch what happens. Watch what happens. You don't like them acrylics? They're dead. Oh, fucking speaking of acrylic nails, disgusting as shit. So Ashley was making a salad the other day, and apparently one of her nails fell off in it. So I'm <laughs> eating the salad, and I bite down. <laughs> On a fucking acrylic nail. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And an I acrylic nail or like a, a press No, it was on. an acrylic nail. Like you would go get with She the... lost an acrylic nail? Yeah. Girl, where are you going? She always, she breaks them off so easily. And so I bite down on it and I spit it out and I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. That. <coughs> I, my nail salon, I, I finally found like a nail tech at a nail salon. That isn't just like walking and like running the gauntlet. I have this I have this theory with all of my like gal pals that like you cannot be a Karen in a nail salon if you're over a certain age. It's just you've been bullied by small Asian women to the point that you just like snap. <laughs> and you're like, I want what I want because I can't even tell you the amount of times that I like go in and I'm like, OK, I want these removed. That's it. And then I walk out and I have a brand new set of something completely different in a color that I didn't ask for. And they're like, do you like it? I'm like, I love it. It's a 20% tip. (laughs) (laughs) So I like finally found a nail salon that I like and a nail tech that I like. And she and I like bonded because she like thought I was funny. But she literally refers to me as moldy nail because I had acrylic nails and they lifted and then I super glued it back down and water got trapped in there. And my nail literally molded like back here. And it's finally growing out. of There's like a little green mold. It's like a fungus at the tip. The whole nail salon. I walk in now and they're like moldy nail. Oh, my God. <laughs> like I have a gangster name at my nail salon. And it's pretty embarrassing. Like it's almost it's almost it's like basically gone. But I live my whole life walking into that nail salon as moldy. Yeah, well. That's pretty gross, so I would do that, too. And I'm too much of a chicken shit to go to anywhere else because I know that they're going to bully me into a new set. Would I rather be called Moldy Nail the rest of my life, or would I rather get upsell, upsold on every time I go in to get my nails removed? Do I want to spend $60 every single time I get my nails mm-hmm. done, or do I want to go to a place that bullies me anyways and I only spend 45 <laughs> What are the options? So really you're talking about a $15 difference there. Do I want to pay an extra $15 and not get bullied? I'm stimulating the economy, okay? Yeah. I'm doing my best. I even bought, like, in the in the Pandanini, I bought myself my own, like, Dremel tool. What the like, fuck's a Pandanini? The pandemic. You could have just said that. No, I don't want us to be canceled. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to talk like a TikTok, okay? You leave me alone. <laughs> it's my only source of happiness. That makes you feel young. That my marriage, you know, that. But uh, <laughs> no, I do love my husband. Shout out to Cameron. <laughs> Shout out to Big Hit, Big Dick Cameron. Big Dick Cameron. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I love TikTok. Okay, there I said it. Huh? Fucking love it. Fair enough. It's so enjoyable. <laughs> and apparently I'm on the same kind of TikTok like algorithm is my very gay brother-in-law slash best friend. And that makes me feel very good and open about the world and the change. Yeah, why not? Anyway, so during the pandemic, a year ago, I bought myself my own Dremel tool so that I can do my own, like, <laughs> super strength dip nails, which is basically acrylic, but you dip your finger in it so it, like, adheres better. 
I've used it twice. I like the catharsis of going and being bullied. <laughs> it's spending. Keeps me humble. Spending so much money that I don't <laughs> need to be spending. So cheers to that. <laughs> Dude, Ashley like has a nail problem where every couple of months she has to take a break from getting acrylics because her nails just deteriorate so much. Like they become so thin and like bendy. Like she has to take a like before we went to Mexico, she took like a two month break because her nails were in such bad shape. She needs to look up Dr. Jolene Bright because that sounds like a hormone imbalance. She should take some supplements. Yeah. What is it called for hair and nails? Uh, Prenatals. No. <laughs> collagen. The issue with taking collagen is that it fucks your skin. Oh, really? I, w- I was taking collagen to like strengthen my hair before the wedding and stuff so that it would grow. And I got back knee like I was 16 years old again playing volleyball. And I was like, oh, good. This is what I want. Horrific back knee. <laughs> hey, Cameron, did you know my back knee spells Citibank in Braille? <laughs> <laughs> if you look really closely, you can see in pus. Ugh. I'm depressed. <laughs> Dude, my, like, I have just now got one of, like, the back scrubber things for the shower a loofah yeah but it's not a loofah it's like the actual brush rope on a stick what or a soap on a stick no it's like a brush it looks like a fucking horse brush because it has a little handheld part to it but because my back like, like a extended handle like brush loofah thing yeah i mean i don't know okay. if it's called a loofah whatever the fuck it is but my back it still gets so bad like and same with my friend Chris. Shout out Chris Carney and your back knee. Um, his, like, our back hey, knee is fucking horrific sometimes. A lot of that has nothing to do with, like... Cleanliness. Diet or cleanliness. Most of it is just, like, hormones and thyroid. Well, I guess I'm curious about that then. I mean, I know my diet's not the best, so I was... I mean, also, if I don't fucking shower, like... I have to find that fine balance between showering too much and not showering enough. Because, mm. like, working out and stuff, I'm, like, laying on my back, and so I'm just rubbing sweat and oil mm. all over my back. Delicious. Just a sopping cesspool of oil and sweat and whatever chemicals are on the gym benches now to keep COVID away. Sopping cesspool of a gym bench. That's the title of this podcast. Sopping cesspool of a gym bench. No, the title of this podcast is going to be Mallory. Thank you. <laughs> it would just be like a very close-up look at this gigantic zit on my face <laughs> that I squeeze so hard I turned it into a blood blister. Ooh. Thanks. I lack the ability to walk away. <laughs> I got so frustrated with the zit that I couldn't pop that I took a sterilized needle to it. I did the same to this one. Yeah. And guess what? I got a little bit stabby into the needle, and I was like, I regret it. <laughs> well, the th- yeah, the thing is, like, nothing came out. It was just like poking skin without a blemish. I'm like. What the fuck? I expected it to like pop like a balloon. Mm, interesting. I'm just bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> but then like the next day it's like ripe. <laughs> and you're like, oh, now it's yeah. instead of one, it's four. It's bloody pus now. Oh, delicious. <laughs> it's like strawberry milkshakes. <laughs> 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 strawberry milkshakes. <laughs> Thick and creamy. Cool. I hate it here. <laughs> Thanks for that one. Bring that one home. Uh, is Ashley a picker? Does she pick at you? No, she likes to pluck my back hair and my shoulder hair. Fuck yeah. Do you grow wings on your scapula? No, so it's like right here. I have like patches and then on my back. 
And then I have like some taco meat going on on my chest. <gasps> taco meat. Oh, but that's nice though. I call Cameron's his chest rug. See, Ashley hates this. Like, <gasps> what? When I shave it, I feel fatter for some reason. Same with my. This hides it. <laughs> same with my chin strap. <laughs> it's like when I shave this now, I'm like, oh, my double chin is very out there now. I look like Jabba the Hutt when I fucking shave. That's also why I grew my mustache out. <laughs> Thank you for noticing. You're welcome. <laughs> I was going to say, you got a little truly stuck in it. <laughs> it's just thick. I look just like Charlie. Charlie, what are you looking Charlie. at? I want to bite this bitch's finger so bad. I'm going to stink it. Oh, where's the fart mic when you need it? I'm pissed. That one was like a little fart, though, so I wouldn't have. One of my favorite TikTok accounts, guessing what his fart is going to sound like before I it comes out. love that. I've tried that Bless before. Bless him. It's fantastic. The one time I tried to do that in front of Cameron, he was like, please get out of the room. <laughs> you know, my favorite is like, okay, I'm going to guess what this fart sounds like. No, actually, it's just going to be a shit. And then I take a dump in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, so for the list, for all you listeners out there coming to you live from NPR, <laughs> smooth listening. Um, I'm allergic to pork and red meat. I have a thing called alpha galamatosis. You can look it up. Just Google alpha gal. It's a real thing with doctors and medicine and everything. It's a real thing. <laughs> uh, it sucks. I, uh, I had a, a bite. On Valentine's Day, a fil- bacon-wrapped sous vide filet mignon. That's redundant, but okay. First of all, it was delightful. Thank you. Filet mignon it just means bacon-wrapped filet. You don't have to specify that it's bacon-wrapped fil- filet mignon. Well, I don't eat enough red meat read or a pork. Book. I don't read enough bacon. Oh, I don't. Uh, I hate it here. Sorry. Anyways, continue. You Sorry, ate a piece of a red meat and diarrhea yourself. I had a bite, and I haven't had like a bite of steak in so long that I was just like, oh my god, <laughs> that just like blew my fucking mind. But um, every so often, and like if I do just one bite, if I sandwich it between enough like carbohydrates, that like. I won't get sick off of it. Trick your body. Yeah. But prior to that, it's like every five, six months, I'll have like a breakdown. I'm like, I need this. <laughs> like, I crave it. And my latest and greatest is I broke down. I ate a fucking Crunchwrap Supreme from Taco Bell. My husband did not sleep in the same room as me <laughs> for three days. It was to the point that my dog whimpered. I, I I let one rip. My dog whimpered, sniffed, fake gag. It was like <laughs> gagged, and she left the room. And I have never felt so abused or left alone in my whole life. Nobody wants me. I'm more fart than woman at this point. <laughs> like, there's something to be said about, like, a food you, like, haven't ever eaten and, like, trying it for the first time and just being like, cool. That was a terrible experiment. Dude, so I feel like my thing is my guts are already so destroyed that like when I eat something that's different, my guts just kind of like, eh, throw it in with the mix. It's still going to come out as a dirty, rotten sulfur egg fart anyways. Absolutely. This is Nick's poop poop podcast. Yeah. Shout Welcome. out Nick's poop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, Do you have anything else? No, and uh, we're reaching that two-hour mark, so... Look at us go. Here's my thing. 
If you're afraid of shitting your pants, ask yourself why. If you can't ask yourself why, seek medical help. <laughs> Everyone should be in therapy. Reach out. Mental health matters. I jumped around a lot there, but yeah, I brought it all together though. Okay? <laughs> you really did. I think, I think you, all our listeners will agree that you ended that pretty well. Should I should I do a different closing? Sure. When time's not an option, <laughs> do as many as you'd like. <laughs> or when time's not an object. <laughs> Thanks for coming to shit my pants. Dot podcast. Dot Nick. Dot Charlie. <laughs> I like the first one better. I'll come up with something better. Give me like four seconds. Okay. What was the last thing we were talking about? Uh, you eating red meat and farting your dog and husband out of your life. <laughs> <laughs> if you feel the need to fart your husband out of your life... Don't just push him away. Xanax him away. It'll Kay. all go numb anyways. I got one. Flagellants can affect more than just your self-esteem and more than just you personally. It affects the people around you, your loved ones, your animals, your husband. If you eat red meat and shit toxic gas, maybe it's time you stop eating red meat. This much is the message has been brought to you by the National Flagellants Association and JBS and XO and Cargill. <laughs> <laughs> Shamrock Gold Canyon Angus. <laughs> All right. Well, that is a wrap on podcast number four. Wait, but sincerely, thank you for having me. Of course, I had a really fun time, and so also, I. sorry, we talked about poop a lot, but also, it was inevitable, it regardless happened. of the conversation, regardless of whatever script that might have existed poop was inevitable i'm sorry about the liberal agenda but shitting yourself is inevitable <laughs> like thanos yeah <laughs> we should make a meme where it's just a fucking turd i, I am, am inevitable, inevitable. <laughs> he snaps his fingers just diarrhea some guy shits his pants in a meeting <laughs> it's just a hemorrhoid an <laughs> instant hemorrhoid <laughs> and on that note we're wrapping it up thanks again for coming on i think we both agree we covered a lot of ground explored a lot of new conversations and um that's all i got resources brought to you by uh the saleshealthalliance.com the world health organization and thriveglobal.com for all of my statistical research don't fucking come at me i did my research okay Bibliographies can be found on my website. <laughs>